Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Fountain Church Podcast. Our prayer is that God speaks to you in a real and powerful way. So go ahead, grab your Bible, grab a notepad and your coffee, and let's dive in. You guys ready to dive in? I know we said happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Today we are talking about relationships. As you guys know, we've been in a series titled Intention Ali. Are we the only ones that have tension in our relationships? No, right? Um, you, you guys can, um, you can talk back to me. I like it. I mean, if she says something good, you can say, hey, man, like, yeah, no, 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 that's no, for don't sure. Do that. Talk back. No, 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 don't do that. That throws me. But if I ask you a question, you can answer. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> My bad. Uh, Communication. But- we we do we have tension in our relationships am i right not just romantic relationships y'all we have tension all across the board and so this message is for you today because our focus isn't romantically our focus is really um relationally on every front so yes it's going to cover marriage because that's a relationship but it's also going to cover friendships like how do we navigate relationally the tension that happens in our relationships how do we navigate the tension that um our kids bring yeah if kids are in here you guys are a gift from jesus yes they are you we love you absolutely there's just a little tension sometimes uh no matter what age can i get an amen amen except from my mom. I don't want an amen from her or my dad. Um, But (laughs) tension is everywhere. And tension can even be in the people that we don't even really know. It can be like you're having a bad day and you want a coffee and you go to your barista and they make it wrong. There could be tension there. Unless unless like today you can actually, if you touch the cup, you get to take both of them. That that is kind of cool. That is is a plus, I'm just saying. I didn't know that. Okay, that's good. Uh, But so there's no tension in baristas today. All right, left well, let's, let's move on. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so no matter what relationship status is, yeah. today is for you because you are in relationship with somebody. Yeah. Um, and I think tension can really arise in relationships because we all have a different story and a different background. Mm-hmm. All of us have been taught to deal with, with relationships differently. Some of us have been taught like, man, raised in a, in a Christian home and you know critical conversations are necessary and they're good and you, you know boundaries and clear expectations and you're still gonna mess up. Um, but some of us may have been raised in a home where, uh, you know, when it comes to, to offenses, we dust them under the rug or we, we don't engage. We don't know how to handle these critical conversations or we don't know how to, how to, how to serve one another or, or really exemplify the love of Christ. And that's really where we're just going to kind of tackle yeah. and land today. So before I talk anymore, let's pray. Jesus, we just invite you into this time this morning, God. Would you breathe a fresh fresh life in this conversation, Lord, for all of our hearts, ours included. I know in preparing this, we were just as convicted and stirred. And so, Father, I just pray that for everybody here this morning, that we would laugh, we would have fun, um, that we would be convicted, because Holy Spirit, you you do that so well. Yes. And um, just, just speak to all of us wherever we're at this morning, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we're going to kind of, let me kind of set the tone for us. We're going to have some fun today. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start off, and we're going to get a, a, a little bit deep, and then we're going to come up for some breath, because uh, we really want to lay a foundation. This is going to be a two-part series, so we're going to do the latter part uh, next week, but today we really want to lay a robust foundation, uh, because we can give you practical tips for relationships, but if there's not heart transformation... It's not going to stick. And so we, we want to really lay a solid foundation for us. And so I want to start off by taking us back 
1856, there was a little tree, a seedling, that was brought over from Mazatlan to Sacramento and was purchased from a gentleman in Oroville. This guy took the little seedling, planted it in the ground, and it was, it's now known as the mother orange tree, the first orange tree to be planted in California. Before this orange tree, they didn't really know if you know, an orange tree or a citrus tree could survive in our climate, but they found out really quickly that it could. And so this tree has lasted through the ages. It's uh, served the locals. Uh, back in the day, it would feed miners and travelers. It would bear 600 pounds of fruit in season. And like I said, this tree is still there in Orville producing fruit. It's been through a lot of different weather challenges. It's been through fire. It's been through floods. It's been through freezes. And, uh, and, and it was kind of an experiment. Because in 1863, as a result of the success of this one, uh, people started planting oranges. And there were 75 acres of, of orange trees in 1863. Then fast forward to 1900, there was a total of 3,300 acres. Because this one, this one tree was thriving. It inspired so many other trees to thrive. And it's still standing today. Yeah, I did the math. 165 years. Um, We think we did the math right. So, so. you know, if we didn't, don't check. Um, But 165 years uh, that this tree is standing and still bearing fruit. And like Pastor Matt said, kind of a prototype to see what the success would be. And, you know, I think it's such a beautiful picture of how God desires our relationships to be. Um, so not true. an orange tree, but fruitful. Yeah. Um, he desires us in the face of difficulty, in the face of uncertainty, to thrive in our relationships. Yes. God wants us to be healthy in our relationships. Yeah. Um, and that way, like, our, our, our relationships can be an example for others that, man, healthy and thriving and fruitfulness, yep. it's, it's possible. So good. Um, and so if you're taking notes this morning, which I highly encourage you to, you can take a picture with your camera, type it on there, or you can jot it down with Let's a pencil go. and paper. There's multiple ways to take notes. Let's go. But if you are taking notes, you can jot this down. If our relationships are going to be fruitful, we have to be fruit-filled, so good. Gosh, like if our relationships are going to be fruitful, guys, we have to be fruit-filled. Like God has called us yeah. to be fruit bearers. Now, obviously not of oranges or bananas or anything like that. Come on. Uh, but God has called us to exemplify and walk with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, I love what Galatians 5 says. It says, uh, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Yeah. I love it. You know, my kids know this song. Do you guys know the, the song, the Fruit of the Spirit song? It's so cute. It, it's Go ahead, the, hit it, the, the, uh, I'm on the spot. Um, the, the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. Hey. The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. Hey. If you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it gotta be a fruit of the spirit that one never heard of it whatever so good whatever (laughs) give it up we love you see you next week the point is (laughs) the point is your kids are learning in in our next generation classrooms fruit of the spirit if you haven't seen the manifestation yet don't worry it's coming it's coming it is coming your kids will bear Um, fruit in jesus name but yeah god the holy spirit partners with us guys to really walk out 
these fruit of the spirit. And if we're honest, it's not easy. Yeah, and I think the the spirit of God not only fights against sin on the defense, but also on the offense, because one of the things that the Holy Spirit does on the inside of us, this is why the foundation is so important. And I love when you get like on the edge of your seat, like you're ready to go. Um, <laughs> this this is why it's it's so important uh, that we lay this foundation because it's the spirit of God that not only fights against sin kind of on this defensive end, but rather on the offenses, produces in us. Uh, all of these fruits that you see d- demonstrated or displayed here on the screen, like the Spirit of God wants to transform our lives, that we would produce inner fruit just like Christ as we engage one another. And that's huge. In other words, um, let me say it this way, great fruit requires a great root. Yeah. Isn't that corny? That's corny, but, it, but it's true. But it's so true. Great fruit requires a great root, and, and a great root is strengthened by the soil. The soil, meaning the soil is totally important. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. Survival is determined by the soil. When our relationships are in tension, survival is determined by the soil. In other words, it's really important where we're planted. Like we want to be planted in healthy places. We want our roots to be planted in, in healthy soil. Uh, a couple of things that the soil gives us, it gives us nutrients, right? It gives us the strength to endure uh, the, the fire, the floods, the freezes, just like this orange tree, right? And, and so we, we desperately need to make sure that we're planted in the right place and we're also cared for because one of the things about this orange tree that I thought was fascinating was it was uprooted and planted twice as a result of flooding, and so, so there was still this, it was planted in good ground, but then there was also a lot of care and intentionality that even on some cases it needed to be uprooted and planted in some new soil. And maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe there's, there's some relationships right now that not, not necessarily God is going to uproot you out of a relationship unless it's, it's really unhealthy or it's um, maybe you're, you're wrestling through uh, abuse or there. Uh, you, you're a boyfriend and girlfriend, there's an unhealthy relationship there. I, I, I don't know, whatever. There's so many different variables that we could talk about there. But, but maybe God wants to uproot your heart from some things, some hurt, some pain, some, some wounds, and plant you in a fresh soil today where, where God could nourish and strengthen and, and, and revive some things in your heart yeah. that you'd be able to endure the storms. Because yeah. storms are real. Yeah, and the, the atmosphere is going to change constantly. Weather changes constantly. Scenarios yeah. change constantly. The soil, the health, and the richness of where you're planted is going to be so beneficial totally. um, to you. But, you know, we can look at the, the literal fire, flood, and the freeze. And, man, let's, yeah. let's just relate that to everyday life, the fire. Um, I know for me, like I, like I said for a service, I'm Mexican, and the fuego can be real. Ooh. Guys. It is for real. Uh, Everybody tuning in online, it is, fire is real. The struggle can be so real. And, you know, and it is funny, but man, that's something that, like, it can just be a quick go-to is, you know, anger. You can just be quickly, quickly heated by one word. Yeah. Can just set you off. So true. Or, you know, just the normal tension that, that is carried with that irritability could be the fire. Um, yeah. 
uh, friction, hot-tempered, you're just short-fused, like all of those things that you carry in a relationship, um, those things can manifest pretty easily. And it, sometimes it doesn't take a big issue for the, the, the hot fire to come up. It's very true. Uh, we can look at a flood, mm-hmm. right? And man, how do we relate that in our relationships? I think that can take on a multiplicity of things. Um, when we get this sense of a flood, we can get this sense of being lonely, we're flooded with this feeling of loneliness and loneliness doesn't mean no friendships or no relationships. Like you could be lonely within your friendships and your relationships. And that can either be, man, maybe a disconnect with that said person, or maybe it could be loneliness that, that you're perpetrating. Right. It could be loneliness that you're not allowing people to come in and you're keeping people at an arm's length because, uh, there's fear, uh, you've been hurt, you've been wounded, and you're trying to guard and protect your heart. Right. And so, or maybe you're, widowed or lost a loved one. Yeah, and so you're. It feels like a flood of grief. Yeah, you're guarding and you're protecting, and so by doing that, you don't even realize how much you're keeping people at a distance to yeah. save the pain. For sure, um, it's real. I mean, honestly, flooding can come in from lack of boundaries. Right? You're just like, yes, I'll be there. Yes, I'll do that. Yep, I'll be your God mama, your God mama, your God mama. Like, it just can be from, like, you don't know how to say no. And then you're drowning in just this amount of relational pressure that you've placed on yourself. Or maybe just, you know, you're in a relationship and and you don't know how to respect the boundaries. Yeah. So you just kind of keep crossing those boundaries. Say that again for the people in the back. They don't know how to respect the boundaries. Um, and the last element I think that we can experience in flooding, I'm sure there's more, but, um, you just have like three relationships, four relationships where there's something wrong with all of them. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, there's tension in my marriage. Ah, my kid doesn't, you know, just doesn't whatever with kids. It could be anything. Um, with your friendship, (laughs) there's just lack of communication there. We can feel like all at once. Oh my gosh, there's something going on in all of my, our relationships. And I love God's word in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. It says, when you go through deep waters, mm. I will be with you. Yeah. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. And God's word is so beautiful. It's so powerful. And they're beautiful reminders. Where it's like, man, even though I feel like I'm in the fire, I feel like I'm in in the flood, uh, God is there with us, walking with us, and really um, guiding us through these tumultuous times if we open up our ear to him. And we listen and we follow what he has to say. Do I ever put the fire of the flood on you? Like, am I, am I one All of the those time. aspects? You're more the flood. I'm more the flood. I'm just overwhelming. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> She's like, cheers, I'll drink to that. Listen, he said it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, then there's the freeze. You're not overwhelming at yeah, all. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. You don't have to lie. It's all good. Then there's the freeze. Let's move the on. The freeze. <laughs> um, I, I think we equated this with, man, you already have normal everyday struggles in relationship. Yeah. Like for us to sit here and pretend like, no, we're solid. We know how to communicate. Like we never fight. Um, that's just, you're lying. We all struggle at some, sometimes, somewhere Gosh, you're, you're hot-tempered. Gosh, yeah. you feel like you're drowning. Like, for, for any of us at all times to, to have this nailed down, that's just not true. Yeah. 
So we already have the everyday tensions of, of living our life in relationship, which God has called us to. Yeah. But then we add the element of freeze. And I, I look at that like, man, the last 2020 that we experienced, you know, uh, you have the political tension. Yeah. That was real. The racial tension. That was real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you add COVID, you know, on top of that, not just the physical ailment of COVID, but the, the what scholars, researchers are now saying, just the the detrimental effects of the physical distancing and what that has done to us as a humanity, where it's taken normal pressures in relationships and elevated them. Now it's like an astronomical weight has been placed on top of us where we were already feeling like we weren't nailing it beforehand. Then we add the weight of everything that I just listed. And it's just kind of added that added pressure that we're feeling. And um, I have this this quote, it, it says, research, research has highlighted the impact on the psychological well-being of the most exposed groups. Those exposed groups are children, um, college students, and healthcare workers. Um, but it, it impacts everybody. Um, who are more likely to develop PTSD, um, anxiety, depression, and other symptoms of distress. Wow. The social distance by itself and the security measures uh, that have been, in, been put in place have affected the relationships among these people and their perception of empathy towards others. Man. So Jeez. not only are people now struggling with the emotional and the mental stresses of what we've just endured, but the physical distancing has aided in humanity being separated yeah. where we're no longer able to really empathize with a stranger because now we're walking not with like, Hey, we're going in the same direction. Let's have a conversation or let's, you know, chop it up. Now it's like you have something, you, you might have something bad for me. Yeah. And all in the sense to keep us safe, um, with, with a physical sickness, it has caused a mental breakdown yeah. where now we fear one another and we're no longer engaging with one another as, yeah. as, as God has called us to. And so then adding just another layer when we look at um, Matthew. Oh, I'm sorry, not Matthew. Oh, it is yeah, Matthew. Yeah, Matthew 24. Um, uh, at the time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. The love of most will grow cold. Mm, so, phrase. guys, this is why we just felt like we're not going to focus on romantic love. Like, God has called us to be relational people. Yeah. Like, God isn't just relational this way with us. He wants us relational laterally. Totally. And we want to succeed and thrive as the bride of Christ, as followers of Jesus, in, in modeling what healthy relationships look like. Because you guys have friends and family members who don't know Jesus. And they're looking at you like, is there something different about you? How right. do you engage? How are you loving? How are you serving one another Yeah, as being a follower of Jesus? Yeah, I think one of the things that stands out to me too is in the last days, love is going to be rare. Which means that as a church, we have a huge advantage. Because people are going to be like, what in the world is yeah. that? And so we have such a huge advantage to actually demonstrate um, love and, and have it stand out in a way that it, it hasn't before. And I think even going back to what you said last service, you said nowadays, like if somebody drops something, normally we would say, hey, let me pick that up for you. Now it's like, oh, I'm not really sure. You want me sure. to touch your stuff? Do you know yeah, it's, to touch it's, your so stuff? Yeah, so it's... 
There's a lot of rehabilitation relationally yeah. and even getting back into community as a church. Um, it's going to take some time as we kind of navigate this because even though the world is going a little bit cold, remember we're laying a foundation, kind of, it's, it's going to get, it's kind of thick right now. This, this is real life. We're living in real life. But the beauty of it is Jesus has called us to a whole different place. He says, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. Like Jesus just set the bar super high. The love of the world's growing cold, but not for you. That's not for you. Like I want you to love as I have loved you. Huge sacrificial service. And then he takes it a step further in John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay his life down for his friends. Now, a lot of times we look at this just with like, I'm going to die for my friends, right? But, but really, that is, that is the context in light of Christ's death for us. However, this also has a fullness of meaning to say that we are to live sacrificially on a regular basis in relationship with the people that God has put around us. So, in other words, relationships best thrive in the soil of sacrifice, and the soil of service. Relationships best thrive in the soil of sacrifice and service. Let me say it this way. Relationships that are always life-giving always include self-dying. And this is what Jesus is trying to help us. So anytime we talk about relationships, if you're like, you talk about death a lot when it comes to relationships. It's true because unless the seed goes into the ground and dies, as we said last year when we did a, a talk together, there can't even be a tree. And so this is why we have to lay the foundation of, man, if we, if we want life-giving relationships, we have to die to self. The world says, no, get for you, go for self, and you're going to have life-giving relationships. And then we all realize that's not the way. It's so much better to give than receive. And so real relationships are going to be marked by service and sacrifice. Relationships that are life-giving are always going to include self-dying. It's a dying to yourself, right, babe? Every day is just dying to ourselves in regards to our merits. Awesome. <laughs> So good. And so that's going to drop us in our text today. Let's go. Uh, Let's dive yeah. in. And when, when we said earlier, we were convicted and stirred in this message as well. Like, yeah. Man, God is, God is just speaking and stirring. And we're not, we're not perfect at this. Like, this is stuff that we're wa walking through and working Absolutely. through as well. Absolutely. But You're we are, perfect. I'm not perfect. But, we're going to be. Know. Scoring points on Valentine's Day. There we go. Come on, we got to have some fun in church, man. Let's breathe a little bit. Let's get, catch our breath. Come back to life. I was trying to think of something funny. And Luke I chapter 10. Are you trying? Yeah. Sorry. Let's go to the text. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Yeah. And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. <laughs> I just, I love that. Like, the, the teacher of the law obviously knew the yeah. law. He was an expert in it. And, yep. and so Jesus asking him this question, it's like, well, yeah, this is what you're supposed to do. And his, the Lord's response is like, well, then good. You know it. Go do it. And knowing full well, and the religious expert, knowing full well, yeah. this isn't possible. It's not possible to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself at all times. And so I love what the, the, the lawyer says. Uh, he instantly starts to justify himself. Instead of asking for clarity, he says, well, like, let's, let's just shoot straight. But who, who is my neighbor? 
Yeah. You know, like, who can I take out of this circle? And maybe I can make that possible if it's just kind of one or two people. Yeah, like, who can I de-neighbor so that I kind of am in a better position, right? Because Who can I cancel culture? <laughs> who can I cancel? No, that's so true. Because I, I think this is so appropriate, too. Because the guy's question, you know, how do I get eternal life? Like, if there's something I can do rather than just faith in Christ and what he's about to do on the cross, right? And so he's asking, man, what do I do? Um, but like, like how, how does this really work out? Like, is it a works? Is it something that I do? And so Jesus points him back to the law, which he would have known very well. And it's like, yeah, go ahead. Try it, buddy. Like, I love Jesus when he challenges us like that. Because he knew right away, like you said, there's no way that he would be able to do this all the time. Like, there's just no way. And so that's, thank God for the grace of God, because I know that I don't perfectly love God all the time. I, I, I don't perfectly love my wife all the time. But thanks be to God for the yeah. grace of God. That's the goal. Uh, but, but living in that, like, to, to, to do that in utter perfection, yeah. it's out, outside of the cross, man. Yeah. Good luck. We, we, we need the grace of God. Are you guys tracking with this on that? And so, so this, this guy is is trying to justify himself. So he knows Jesus has backed him into the corner, and that's why he's responding the way that he is. He's saying, hey, okay, yeah, that's right. So I do pretty good at loving God. Not sure if I do totally good on loving my neighbor, so let me see who I can de-neighbor and kind of take away some of the responsibility rather than asking a better question, which would have been, well, how do I become a more of a loving neighbor? And I think Jesus would have said something like, you need me, buddy. That's what you really need. And, and so uh, I think it's so fitting because as we dive into this passage, this whole idea of loving our neighbor today is, man, it's, it's especially in the context over this last year, it's been challenging. I love what John Mark Comer said. He said it this way. He said, in this digital age, the problem is not only distraction and addiction, but the rise of tribalism, of groupthink, of digital algorithms that create echo chambers, of conspiracy theories, of truth decay, of cancel culture, and of a torrent of anxiety and outrage. People are so scared, so mad, and so tribal that you can't even have a conversation anymore without saying one wrong word that triggers their inner brain, sorting you into the enemy category. Friendships are ending, families are splitting apart, and the church is not immune. Like, like this, this passage of scripture is so relevant today. And Jesus, I think, is just, you know, going to press on our hearts a little bit as, yeah. as we, we continue in it. Um, so let's continue in the passage. Luke Jesus 10. replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Yeah. And I think what, what I love here is we, we notice that the Levite and the priest both, both saw, but they continue they to, to pass by. Yeah. And we can ask the why. You, you shared first service, you know, if they touched, they thought he was dead. If they touched the body, you know. They'd have to go and do like a ceremonial cleansing for two weeks. Didn't have cell phones to call home because he's like on his way home. And then have to go back to the temple, wash up for two weeks, and then go home, you know, probably be bad for their marriage, especially around Valentine's Day. I mean. So, I mean, there's just so many different ways. Just want to make sure you guys are awake out there. Uh, online, say in the chat, we love you. Um, but but I, I think it's true. There was a lot of ways. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe We don't know exactly why they passed by. But we do know they saw him. Yep. And we do know that they cross the road. Exactly. You know, it's so funny because sometimes in our everyday lives, we can just get caught up with doing 
that we're not seeing. Mm. We can get caught up with a task that needs to happen that we're not seeing the people or the needs that are around us. Right. Um, you know, yesterday we went, it was my dad's birthday uh, a couple of days ago. And so we went as a family to the escape room. I don't know if you guys have done that. They're the best. Uh, we had so much fun. We actually did it. We had 50 seconds on the clock we before <laughs> it was like, you lost, the get out. Of God. Um, but there was this one puzzle piece that um, we had to find, like this drawing somewhere in the room. We had found all four of them, but we were missing the fifth one. We could not find this guy for like six adults for like what, 20 minutes? Maybe 25. 20 minutes. We're, we're trying to find this guy in nowhere. So finally, we were like, God, we need, a, we need a clue. So the lady rings in and she was like, she didn't give us a clue. She told us where it was. She was like, go look at the front of the, the, barrel, the barrel or something. All of us were like, we check that barrel. We did. I checked it with the flashlight. Like my sister with the flashlight. Totally we all looked cheating. up and You're down. You're not supposed to use a flashlight in the escape room. Listen. It's, it's not, not Listen, supposed to. That's it's not dark cheating. for a reason. Listen. Pirates have torches. That hey. was my excuse. Pirates hey. have torches. They were walking in caves in the dark. In the attempts they to like, justify herself. Listen. She... It's fine. The point is, we all looked on the barrel. We couldn't find it. Could not find it. We couldn't either. find it. So the lady was like, it's on the barrel. And then all of a sudden, we all see it. It's like illuminating. Yeah. And... Um, I think that's what just such a great picture that we can get so caught up in the day-to-day and the going and the going and the going that yeah. we're not seeing the problems that are right in front of our face. Yeah, and I think some, some of us, as we look at our relationships, man, there are spots that are hurting, that are bleeding. And it's like we see, but then we really don't see. Or, or maybe we've glanced over, we see, we're like, man, this thing, is, uh, this thing looks bad. It's, it's hurting. It might be dying. Well, let's go to lunch, yeah. right? It's, it's just kind of like we, we don't want to deal. Maybe it's too much work. Maybe it's going to be too much of an inconvenience. Maybe it's too risky. We don't want to create more tension or trouble or drama. So it's just areas are bleeding. And I just wonder how many of those areas or even how many relationships are critical right now in our lives that if we're not careful, I mean, it's just so easy to, to see the pain, see the hurt, see the dysfunction, see the tension, and walk right by it. Yeah, or maybe we avoid it even though we see all of it because we know we're going to get in a fight. Mm. And it's like, mm, I don't feel like getting in a fight today. Yeah. And so sometimes we can just push it to the side. Yeah, and as we were preparing this, the way that this was birthed is, is here at our church we have what's called a serve standard. And that's what we're going to kind of walk you guys through. But we, we're laying the foundation, and we want you to know, man, how did we get that? That language is clear to our team, but, but how, how did we get this serve standard? It's an acronym, and, uh, and we're going to walk through just, just a couple of the, the points today and then the last three tomorrow. But I want to take you back where it started. It started at Disneyland, and uh, we went to Disneyland a couple years ago, and we love Disney. Like it's it's fun. You Jackie doesn't Hannah. like you Jackie actually Hannah's doesn't face. like Disney. Jackie doesn't like Disney too much. But obviously, yeah, I don't like, like Disneyland, and neither Are does Hannah. <laughs> yeah, Hannah's not having a great time right there. Um, hey, but nevertheless, I, I was I, I'm always I've always been blown away by Disney by their hospitality by their service. And so we didn't stay at any of the hotels, Disney hotels, because they're like a gazillion dollars a night. But we did have breakfast at one. And this is it. So we had breakfast, and the characters came, and it was so cool. The food was good. Service was great. But all the way from the street to the greet to the seat, 
it was like first class. I mean, we just felt, I mean, guys like two, three miles down the road, like, we love you, so glad you're here. Well, and then we get in and everybody's just attending to us. And then there's like a head, you know, a tender and just rolled out the red carpet and we're just going to have breakfast. And, uh, and so I left and it was such a great experience. We, we left our car or we left to go to our car. The guy gives us crayons and a coloring book for the road. Lifesaver. Like who, who in the world does that? Yeah. So super, super cool, but I left tormented. I'm going to tell you why. is because I feel like, man, Disney should not be leading the way in hospitality. The church should. And in fact, that's one of the key qualifications that Paul tells Timothy of being a pastor is being hospitable. And we don't hear that talked about too much. And so we, we knew, and I knew that hospitality, we really wanted that to be a mark here at Fountain Church. And so we came home that night. Everybody went to sleep, and I stayed up. I had big post-its all over our bedroom, and God gave me this parable, the parable of the Good Samaritan, and out of that night was birthed our serve standard. And, uh, and so our serve standard, it operates kind of like a filter. Anybody know what perlite is? Yes. Perlite, <laughs> all the gardeners said yes. <laughs> well, well, perlite, if you see soil with those little foam balls in it, it's perlite. It looks like foam, but it's not foam. It's actually volcanic glass that has been heated up to 1,600 degrees that then expands, and it looks like these little foam balls that go in the soil. And what it does is it aerates the soil. It helps it to breathe. It makes sure that the moisture doesn't condense the dirt so that the root is unable to get oxygen. And so, so it helps it breathe. It keeps the soil loose. It, it brings oxygen to the root so that the, the plant can thrive. And, and so we're hoping that the surf standard in our relationships, because we thought it was just going to be for our church, but then the Lord was like, no, this, this should start in your home. Like, this is the way you should live your life. It's not just a fountain like, surf standard, this is what we do here. But it operates as a filter of how we make decisions. Like, as, we're, as we're, we're our relationships are facing tension in this context, how about we filter it through the serve standard, through which, which we're going to expound on that continues in this text of the parable of the Good Samaritan of how do we respectfully engage our neighbor? Because, hospita- listen, hospitality biblically is not just like, let me be nice to you. It means welcoming the outsider. And it's like, man, how can in all of our relationships, even though you're on the inside, some of you guys are like in the inside relationally, but you're really on the outside relationally. Like, how do, we, how do we filter our relationships through this in such a way where they can breathe? Um, that's what we're hoping, that the surf center will help us, our relationships breathe a little bit, that God would begin to renew our hearts and our minds um, as we make decisions. It kind of gives us a good point of reference. So we're, gonna, we're only going to hit two today. Yeah, we're only going to We only have a little two. bit of time. And we'll have part two next week. You're welcome. All right, guys, so we want to, in the tension, we want to create safe and special environments. Yes. Let's read Luke chapter 10. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. We can clearly see here that the gentleman on the side of the road was just in distress, beaten, stripped. He was naked, laying half dead on the side of the road. And what I love that the Samaritan did is he saw, he stopped, and he served. So good. 
He saw him. He didn't cross the street. Yeah. He stopped. Yeah. Probably investigated, like, what's going on, and then proceeded to serve this man, a stranger that he knew yeah. from nowhere. I think we can make a song from that one, too. He saw. He stopped. He served. Hey. <laughs> so good. He you Hey. Never hey, going to forget that. For real, though, he used to be a rapper. Hey. he's got to dust off those vocal cords y'all and bring it back wow i'm just going to stay safe in my chair and try to create an environment of comfort uh she roasted me i did it you don't want to hear any of my rhymes bring it back (laughs) dust off my rhyme my vocal cords (laughs) yeah way to create a safe environment jack I was trying to be nice. <laughs> that was my nice. <laughs> you can imagine the not nice. This if, is so good. All right, let's move on. But he did. He saw, he stopped, and he served. And, man, who are we in relationship to this story when it comes to our relationships? The priest and the Levite who saw induced or the Samaritan who saw, who stopped, and who served. Man. And I think looking at that from just all of our relationships, again, across the board, we want to make sure that we, we model that behavior. And really, how yeah. do we do that is, is opening our heart and our ear to hear and receive from the Holy Spirit. Mm. He is active in your life. Yeah. He wants to do life with you, every part of it. Yeah. Let's just open our hearts and our ears to listen to his whispers. Like when we're caught up in the, just the go, go, go of life and the go, go, go of relationships where we're not maintaining them, we're just kind of running through. If we just invite the Holy Spirit to come in and provide the breath and the space so good. to the just oxygen. not see but stop and serve, yeah. man, we're going to win. I love what James says. He says, uh, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I want to hit safe real quick. Safe today means pretty much don't talk to me. Safe today means if you have an idea that's different than mine, I don't want to hear it. Safe today is if you have a different philosophy for life, theology, for religion, Safe is not engaging in those conversations. Mm-hmm. Church, that is not who we are. Come on. God, as you can see in the book of James, he doesn't say, let's not have these conversations. He shows us how to have these conversations. Yeah. That's good. We need to have these conversations, not just on these giant topics that are facing our society today, but on relational topics. Yeah. You know, when, when, when he's talking about um, being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It's not just on these giant things that are flooding our society, but on these simple relational things. Yeah. Those tensions that we feel every single day, you know, when our kids just kind of do some crazy stuff, it's it's being able to to filter and process and have these conversations in such a healthy and life-giving way. Would it be say, safe to say that we need to learn how to talk through the tension? Yes, that's good. Rather than avoid it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, unity is so big in the bride, in the church of Jesus. And unity can be birthed through the friction of difficult conversations. Unity can be birthed when we're having those conversations that make us uncomfortable, that cause us to see things from a different perspective. I love that, man, there has been times in my conversation where I have this idea scripturally of, of who God is and 
And through a conversation, God uses people to, to align us with his word yeah. more, where you may have this false sense of who God is, and for you it's truth, but God can use somebody that's in, in, in a close proximity with you to show you, man, you've been missing it. That's not what God's word says. Yeah. That's not who God is. That's not what God says. Right. And so it's in those difficult, friction-filled conversations that we can find that that sharpening and that challenging and that unity. And I think, too, what helps create a safe place, guys, is if you're healthy. That's great. Say that again. You need to be healthy in order to provide a safe place. Again, not a safe place of lack of conversation, but a safe place of critical conversations. If you are wounded or if you're hurt or if you have insecurities, pride, fear, anger, the list goes on, yeah. then you are not going to be able to engage in those types of conversations. Right. You are not going to make it a safe place for somebody to come up and have a critical conversation with you because you can't filter it and you can't process it. Yeah. And so getting our healing in Jesus and inviting him into those spaces of, man, why am I so, so hot-tempered good. with this hot topic button? Yeah. Or why do I shut down when somebody wants to come and tell me about myself? Or why do I, like tears, tears are beautiful and I cry and my kids cry. One of my kids cries for everything. Um, <laughs> so tears are beautiful, but tears can also be your defense mechanism. They can. Where it's like, Somebody won't even approach a conversation with you because they're like, I don't want to make her cry. I don't want to make him cry. I don't want to. And so your tears can be used, truth be told, as manipulation. Yeah. Where it's not safe for people to come and be able to dialogue and engage yeah. in conversation with you. Or you can be angry or just, you know, you kind of have a quick fuse or people are like, ah, oh, I don't want to really engage with you because I remember a. Uh, there was a, 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 a journalist that we were listening to as a team, uh, an interview with him, and he said that he had a, a friend who was from the UK who attended Harvard, and he said that he was really concerned for the future of America, which has a huge impact on their country, because he said, we went into to class one day, and he said, the professor said, we, we were going to talk about four things, but I got emails on each of these things, and people said they felt triggered by them, so we're not going to talk about them. And he's like, man... If we can't have critical conversations at Harvard and really wrestle through some of the tension and dialogue through it, man, we are in, like, we are going to create a very weak culture of leadership in the future if we cannot wrestle through the Real. tension. And so I think for us, we've gotten really good at having critical conversations, talking through the tension. You got to talk to it. There's a way to talk through it. Be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to get angry, James says. Yeah. And we also, it, we also tell each other, like, we don't punish each other for being honest. Yes. So you guys have heard us say that before. Yeah. Um, we don't we, punish each other for, for speaking truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we guard the nighttime hour. If anybody's oh, yeah. like me, mm-mm. That's right. We That's almost, not we, the time. We got, we got into an argument. The other night. The other, was it Friday night? Because it was 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, mm. She said, we shouldn't go there. I'm like, we're going to go here. We're grown adults. Him. We can talk at 10 o'clock at night. I tried to warn him. I was like, listen. I know this is going to end up bad. It's yeah. late and I'm tired. And he did not listen. I didn't listen. And it started. And we again. did. <laughs> we ended up fighting. Hey, but, but here's the thing I wasn't even upset. But I was. But she was. <laughs> but but we, we go through this all the time. Like, I get a text. I get a text. Because sometimes I have technology. Like, I have wires everywhere connected to the TV. You know, we're doing Zoom stuff all the time. So I get a text like this This. This is the most annoying. That's Jackie's, and she takes a couple of pictures and sends them to me, right? She is very good at critical conversations. She is so good, so good. 
I will have a critical conversation with you in love. But there's no explanation point, so Listen, she's doing I it. I told him this is nice, so kind safe of. and special. It's a great example, you guys. Safe and Pictures, special. Pictures. There's no exclamation mark, no angry face. There, I mean. But you see how but, I respond? You see how I respond? Clear expectations. Point taken. Sad face. I, I hear your point. Listen. Talk the, the, the kudos go to me. <laughs> they don't go to him. They go to me. I, uh, this, is, <laughs> this is a great example so of good. clear expectations. This is just not okay. It's not okay. And, and then, and then we, we need to move on because we're like, we going, do. We're let's go. Lose we're time. out of time. How about special? Special, real quick. Listen to, to the Holy Spirit again. Um, he's going to interrupt your day. Mm. Um, uh, the other night I was here late. Kind of like, like this moment where I'm going to interrupt you with oh, some yeah. chocolate covered strawberries. <laughs> Listen. And the only thing is, I did this last service, so it's not a surprise. Right? I know. It's like, oh. But this is a, a, a special moment. It's an everyday moment. We're at church every single Sunday, and <laughs> it's it's interrupting the moment with not something excellent. Like there's nothing like perfection about that. Yes, but these it is are. a little outstanding. These Stands are out a little bit. Perfection. Uh, their perfection. <laughs> so it's just creating a special moment. Yeah. In our relationship. Yeah. Um. The other night Look I was here. Look at know what to say now. Mm. She's like, oh, look. The other night I was here late and I was tired and I was ready to go home. And you, you guys know what that's like. You, you, you know, I have my bag. I'm ready to, to leave. And I'm walking out the door and I see this beautiful young lady. And I, I do the, you know, hi, how are you? Doing well? Okay. And again, I'm tired. So my immediate goal is to go out that door. And I just heard the Lord say, stop. Yeah. And that was it. That's all he had to tell me. And I stopped, and I, and I just asked one more question, yeah. and the tears just start to flow. Yeah. And a moment like that, for me, I'm going to trust Jesus to fuel my tank. Yeah. I'm going to trust Jesus to help me get up in the morning. Come on. I'm going to trust Jesus to take care of me putting myself aside. And it was a moment in the Lord for her. Yeah. She was like, man, Lord, you see me. And we talked about love and identity and 30 minutes later, Man. but at that point, listening to the Holy Spirit is so life-giving, yeah. not just for me, but the people that God has called you to minister to as well. Yeah. And so, so how, are you, how are we creating safe, or, or safe and special environments in, in our relationships and in the tension? Like, what can we do that's a little bit special? Like, are you just super routine? Or even when you're in a very tension-filled time, man, create moments to do something special. It's just, it, it, it's like we, we never forget that. We try to live our life that way, like with our kids, with our family, with friends, um, where we just, you know, we wanna, we wanna add some special touches to things. Because um, it, it speaks volume, I, I think, especially today. Even like a phone call is special. Um, a, a text message could be special. You know, an encouraging word can be special. Um, so create these moments. Does that make sense? Uh, last one we're going to hit is, uh, are you guys with us still? Yeah. You guys going? Last, uh, last one we're going to hit today. What's that? No, oh, we good? Uh, is extra mile service. Extra mile service or extra mile care. I think our relationships can suffer from the mundane. Yeah. And, and, and what a lot of them need is, is a little extra mile or an extra inch, an extra something. Uh, I, I love uh, a couple of things that I, I wanted to highlight here. Um, let's go to the, oh, go to the text. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 34 says, then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. So you just see 
Not only did he stop and get, bandage up his wounds, put some oil and wine on his, on his wounds. Like, that would have been huge. The other two guys didn't even stop. But no, he takes it the extra mile. He says, no, no, I'm going to put you on my donkey. Imagine a, a guy who's beat up, bloody, you put him in your car. That's kind of the feel, right? Most of us be like, no, we need to call somebody else. It's too messy. But he puts him on his own donkey. Doesn't even, now he can't ride. He has to walk. And then he sees this moment all the way through to the end. I wonder how many times we start some great things in our relationships, but we don't see them all the way through. And, or, or we do kind of the bare minimum, but we never exceed expectations. We never exceed or go the extra mile. We kind of do what's required. It's basically it. And we're moving on to what's next. But I'll never forget, I, I saw this hotel in Disneyland. I can't wait. It's not in Disneyland, but it's, it's in Los Angeles. And I can't wait to visit it. It's called the Magic Castle Hotel. Now, what you're seeing right here is the Magic Castle is on the right. It's like apartments. But it's rated 4.7 on Google. And then over here is the Four Seasons in Los Angeles, which is opulent and extravagant and amazing. And it's also rated 4.7 on Google. And what separates the two is it's, it's not opulence, it's service. And so this thing doesn't look like much, but the service is incredible. They just go the extra mile. Like it's not opulent on the outside. There's nothing, you know, special about the actual place where you're staying, but it's the connections that they're making. Like when your kids go there, they give you a pillow sack full of candy on check-in. All the kids said amen, right? And all the grown-ups with a sweet tooth. Come on, where you at? Where my people at? Uh, they have unlimited snacks, unlimited ice cream. Probably one of the, the best things is, is you can, if you're at poolside as a little kid, there's a little red phone that you can pick up and, and, and say, yeah, I would like to get some popsicles. And they'll bring popsicles out on a silver platter. Like that is next level, right? I want to stay at the Magic Castle. Four Seasons, beautiful, great. Nothing against it. Probably a great room, clean shower, awesome. But I want popsicles on a silver platter. Are you, are you with me on that? So, so don't confuse, don't confuse opulence with extra mile. Extra mile doesn't mean opulence. It, it, just, it, it just means, it, it means thoughtfulness. It means intentionality. I'm going to be intentional in the tension. It means outstanding, not excellence. Excellence kind of has a notion of perfection. Outstanding is just something that stands out. That's like, wow, like you are taking this to the next level. So you can encourage somebody to go the extra mile. Like encouragement goes a long way today. I love what Craig Rochelle said. He says, uh, take your encouragement times it by 20, and then go and encourage that person. Like, start there. Like, like, taking what we have and just raising the lid. We talk about love languages in relationships. Like, I know my wife's love languages, and love languages change in every season. So, can I just tell you, you want to know that person's language in the season that we're yes. in. Yeah. And, and so, but love languages isn't just between husband and wife. Like, we do it with our kids. Um, we do it with our staff. Uh, we do it with, with our friends. So like I know for Pastor Chris, his love language is words of affirmation. So how many guys, I'm going to pump that boy up on text. I, I love you. You're crushing it. Uh, and it's all sincere. It's all genuine. I just know. Like, I, I, I'm, he would much rather have that than a gift. I give him a gift. He's like, oh, this is great. Man, thanks, Pastor Matt. But I, if I go the extra mile and I call him, I send him a voice text. I'm showing up at his house like, I love you. You're the best. Filling his tank. And so, so 
going the extra mile could just be really knowing the people that you're, you're, you're doing life with and, and being able to serve them. When you know their love languages, the, the extra mile is easy. It, it's super easy. But we're running out of time, and I got to go. I got a couple more passages for you. Um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24 says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar, go be reconciled to them, then come back and offer your gift. Notice how it says they have something against you. Again, this passage gets me every time because it's extra mile. Well, if you have something against me, you come to me. Jesus says, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. Extra mile, you go to them. You go to them. Extra mile. And then we're going to land with this one, Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. I'm just trying to show you that this is the way that Jesus lived his life. And this is the life that he's called us to live in every aspect. So when you're asking about the tension in your relationship, ask the question, am I going the extra mile? How can I go the extra mile? How can I make it safe and special? Uh, If a soldier demands you to carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. This is where that little phrase comes from, go the extra mile. Because here, Rome is oppressing the Jewish people. Uh, The people that are listening to Jesus are locals. There's there's some farmers. There's some peasants. um, There's some people that hate Rome. And now Jesus is saying something so uncomfortable. He's saying, if one of those Roman soldiers that you hate asks you to carry their back, take it too. And what Jesus is saying is this, go beyond the obligation to the opportunity. Go beyond the obligation to the opportunity. See, the second mile is not obligation. Second mile, Jesus is is pointing out to us that there is opportunity. And a lot of us, we, we fail to develop this endurance for the second mile because we settle for bare minimum in our relationships. And, and that's what a lot of times we do. We just kind of do the bare minimum. And, and here Jesus is saying, no, no, don't do the bare minimum. I want you to, to not miss the opportunity because a lot of times we miss the opportunity that most often lies in doing the most difficult. That's good. And so it's in the most difficult extra mile moments where Jesus says lies some of the best opportunity. And so, so I want you to think through your relationships. I want you to, to think through this extra mile service because Jesus' point is this. You are different than the culture around you. Good. The culture says do what's asked, yeah. not us. We say, boom, we're, 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 we have a different worldview. We, we have a, a, a worldview of simplicity, of goodness, of virtue that's found in the God of the scriptures. Yeah. Right? Where the Romans had a worldview of power, conquest, and greed. And so... It wasn't, we have this idea of we're not compelling you, we're inviting you. We, we have this, this notion with us that, um, that, you know, when you ask us to do something, no, it's like we're going to take it to the next level. Because that's just who we are. We're different than the rest of the world. And, and what ends up happening is the, the early church began to win over the Roman Empire with simple acts of kindness and radical service that was countercultural. Yep and totally biblical, that the Roman Emperor Julius was looking out one time and says, man, the Christians have far out-influenced us. How? And one of his guys said, it's so easy. He says, they not only take care of their poor, they take care of ours, and they take care of our poor better than we do. I mean, just, just think about that for a moment. A Roman soldier would say, hey, carry my bags. Maybe it's out of laziness. Maybe it's out of... Maybe he really needs help, or maybe it's just has a power trip. Yeah. Carry my bags, and you're like, "Hey, man, can I carry it? Can I carry it?" The law only requires one mile, but can I can I go an extra mile with yeah. you? Can I say the second mile starts conversations yeah. that don't happen on the first mile? Mm. 
The second mile, there are conversations in that second mile that you won't have on the first one. It's like, why are you doing that? Why do you keep forgiving me? Why do you, why do you keep enduring with it? Why do you keep, Come on. like, why? Why are you carrying this heavy load for me and you don't even have to? Because that's, that's who we are. That's what Christ has done for us. He went the extra mile. He carried my load all the way to the cross. So the second, con- the second mile conversations, I think, is what our world is really looking for today. That if we would live in such a way that would be create safe and special environments in our relationships and go the extra mile in our service and care for people, I think the world will start to question, like, why do you do this? It's like, man, let me tell you about the one who first did it for me. It's like living a life that begs questions. Yeah. You know, wherever we go, slow down. And it's, it's easy to dismiss just a smile. So true. But we've been told so much lately, and I'm sure you have too. Like, wow, thank you. Mm. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for being nice. Yeah. It's like the little things, they're not routine anymore. Yeah. And the love of many has grown cold. Right. And the hostility has increased. Man. So how easy to do the littlest of tasks. Yeah. How bright they shine now that it's so dark. So good. Let's pray. Oh, yeah, we have some questions for you to ponder. You can take a picture of them. Number one, Lord, who have you called me to see, stop, and serve? See, stop, and serve. Hey. Lord, number two, where do I need to create a safe and special environment? Are you safe? You know what would be a great follow-up to that? Ask people around you, man, do you feel like comfortable having a critical conversation with me? And if, you, and if they take a moment to respond, <laughs> you like, know. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then thirdly, is my life marked by extra mile service or bare minimum obligations? I don't want our relationship marked by bare minimum obligations. I want to go extra mile in my service. Amen. Would you pray for us, babe? Yeah. Jesus, we thank you for this morning, Lord. Yes, Lord. I know that this message was breathed by you. Let us not mistake the little things. Let us not mistake the practical things and just dismiss them as if they're nothing. Yep. But God, would you, in the little that we offer, and the little that we give, will you magnify it in a world that is so dark, in a world that is so dry, in a world that is so desperate yes, for love? Would you magnify our, our tasks, magnify what we do, magnify the smiles, magnify the extra mile, not just in the relationships that we, we have and we love, but in the relationship with people that we just encounter for moments. May they leave marked because of how extravagantly we loved them, how, yes. how awesomely we greeted them, how awesomely we engaged them. Let us not be consumed with our world and what's in front of us, God, yes, God. But help us to see people the way that you do. Yes. And you see them by sending your son to die on the cross for them. Yes, Lord. You value them. So help us to value them the way you do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. And if you, uh, if you need to trust in Jesus for the first time, our prayer team is going to be up here. If you're struggling relationally, our prayer team is going to be up here and online. Feel free to call that number. We'd love to, to pray with you. Speaking of extra mile, you know, man, not only is chocolate covered strawberries, but Frere Rocher's. It's just, just a simple act. It's just, 
so easy. Scoring points on a Valentine's Sunday. Uh, listen, we have uh, small groups that are in full effect, so make sure you get plugged into a small group. Multiple ways to get connected. Awesome. Uh, we also... Uh, there's an opportunity to give. There are multiple ways to give here at Fountain. We thank you so much for your generosity. Uh, you can give in person. Uh, we have two little boxes in the back by the doors. You can drop your offering in there. Uh, we also uh, have giving online. You can text to give. But thank you for being a church uh, that is so incredibly generous. Next week, we go to three services. Uh, we're just going to kind of step out. We're trying to create more space so that we can reach more people. And um, so we are super excited about that. We have kids. This, uh, we're starting kids Yay! next week as well. We have kids So next all the parents week. said amen. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be second and second third, and third service. service for kids. Oh First my. service, no kids. Um, and so we're going to kind of incorporate. We're not going to have all ages, uh, but grade school uh, starting. And then we'll kind of incorporate more phases as, as we go. Preschool through sixth grade. Pre- preschool through sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we love you guys. Would you stand to your feet? Oh, so good. I love doing preaching with you. Lord, we just pray that you'd bless them and keep them today. Make your face shine upon them and be gracious to them. May we be a church that's marked by safe and special and extra mile service that the world would raise into question. What in the world is different about you? Lord, that we would uh, give you glory and make your name famous in this land and in these last days that we're living in. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 We love you guys. Thanks again for joining us here at Fountain Church. For more details on how to get connected, visit us at fountainchurch.cc. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll see you next time.